I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It has been um, a crazy like 48 hours or so. Um, as someone who is, has been trying to keep up with the trade deadline, started a new job and is getting married in, in less than two months, I think my head might explode. And I am so incredibly thankful for my wonderful, amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores, because he is keeping my sanity together on more than one level. And uh, I, I, all I got to say is get yourself a Richie because that is what you need in life. He helps um, keep trade deadlines together for you. He helps keep like the trades themselves together. The, the tweets um, just also listens to you, to you bitch about how chaotic your day was. There is nothing quite like a Richie, and I suggest you get one. It's like you know what that you know what that reminds me of. It's like I'm I'm like your personal like I'm like a me seeks to you kind of. <laughs> you are you are you are like a me seek sometimes. I swear I I come and I'm just like Richie. I need a Richie at this moment, and <laughs> you just you just help with it. I mean. It's not like you are without your own perils. You had um, a very sad moment yesterday. You were very excited about your um, smoothie and lost it <laughs> before you even entered into the building. So, you know, like, we're here to comfort you in, in your times of uh, struggle as well. But it, it just, it's very necessary to have a Richie in your life because uh, he calms everything, for one, and... And add some humor in it, because there's nothing like uh, going through your day and dealing with things and then <laughs> getting a text message of literally spilt uh, smoothie all over the floor, in which Scotty and I know you so well at this point that Scotty <laughs> could tell me step by step what happened and how that smoothie got on the floor before you even told us. <laughs> yeah i'm still very sad about that so i don't know why i don't want to relive it on the show here but um yeah no i bought a smoothie from one of my favorite um smoothie places right next to me here and i had like four sips of it It was delicious it was a strawberry smoothie i was bringing it back upstairs along with three other things i had in my hand so the situation was smoothie, and I was also carrying back. I bought some uh, travel, like um, shampoo, travel body wash, travel toothpaste with me for the bachelor party coming up this week. And I had those in my one hand, and then I had the smoothie in the other, and I had my keys um, like attached to my pinky finger. So I was trying to carry all this up at once, and I made it up the stairs totally okay. But when I went to go grab my keys to open the door. Um, this the smoothie dropped, and 
every and it, and it was gone forever and i was very sad about it and i was i thought for a second i may have saved some of it but unfortunately the bottom fell out as well so when i went to go pick it up more came out i was like oh god damn it that was like six dollars down the drain right there so i'm glad i gave you some humor and yes scotty nailed it apparently because when i told you exactly what happened that's exactly what scotty said which was like yes that's the most richie thing ever <laughs> Yeah, he was so excited once he found out that he was absolutely 100% correct. He was just so happy that he had gotten it. And um, all I got to say is once I drop you guys off at the airport, whatever happens after that, I am not responsible for. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm texting Fern right now because he was talking about... um, you know, all of the old people coming into his work and, and, and causing issues. And I told him that you guys were going to get revenge on that because of the fact that there's going to be um, old people that I'm sure I'm going are going to hate you <laughs> where you guys are going. And um, I and he said that basically he feels like you guys are going to be um, giving them like miniature heart attacks. So I I am not responsible for any smoothies spilt or any um, angry old people from, you know, Thursday to Sunday. That is that is not on me. Once you guys get to the airport, I am <laughs> taking no responsibility. It's it's kind of it's almost like dropping your kids off at the at school for the day. <laughs> exactly, but there is no principal's office. No one can call me down and be like, hey, you need to grab your kid because I'm not taking ownership of any of you. <laughs> so true. Whatever trouble we get, it's like Vegas. Whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Whatever happens on the bachelor party stays at the bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. I, I I will take no responsibility for any of it. Um, hopefully you guys come back a lot healthier than we did. We all came back very sick. <laughs> I still have a cough. So um, that is the only thing I, I hope for. And I hope that there is also no injuries when it comes to skiing or snowboarding or whatever else too. So like be safe. No one do anything dumb. We will try our, our best. We will try our best. We're all grown adults. So <laughs> with varying levels of skiing and or snowboarding experience. Yes. And I will also say no one can also murder each other over the newest Batman either. I feel like there's a lot of animosity within the group that is about whether people like or dislike the newest Batman. (laughs) So I've been told. um, That's why I was... um, We were talking about it the other day after we... You saw the movie for the first time. Scotty and I saw it for a second time. And we were kind of chit-chatting about that. But yes, you know how intense our movie discussions get, especially with Fern, um, who is, I think, the more of the movie aficionado than than most of us in the group. So, um, however, I think loved it, absolutely loved it. Right. Yes, and I I was a big fan of it as well. Liked it better on the second second go round than I did the first go round. But this isn't like me showing up and like constantly bickering with everybody in the group about um last jedi 
which I still get made fun of oh. for. And that movie came out, what, four years ago? <laughs> yes. There is. Because it's a horrible, horrible take, Richard. <laughs> horrible take. There's some things you just cannot forgive, and that's one of them. <laughs> I, will, I want that written on my grave. It will say, here lies Ricardo. He liked The Last Jedi. Period. <laughs> yeah, I will pay the money to make sure that does not get put on there. <laughs> I don't care. Don't give me anything in 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 the passing of, of Richard if it means that I get to make sure that Last Jedi is not written anywhere on there. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, we can we can do an entire thirty five minutes on that because we've I'm pretty sure we rehash our last Jedi conversation at least once every year because something Star Wars comes out and it always comes up, but um, but yes, I'm sure the big yeah I'm sure the bickering will ensue about about the Batman. I'm sure it will. But so I just wanted I wanted to forewarn you. I I did um have one request from Scotty by the way. <coughs> as something for um, me and that I was supposed to ask you. Um, okay. And I will, I will explain to you why it came up after I ask you this question. Okay. So the word that is spelt T O U R. How do you say it? Oh, like you're going on a tour? So, so you say it like, say it again. Like, Corey and I are going to take a tour of the Star Wars set. Okay, you say it very similar to how I say it. I say tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scotty made fun of me for it. And made me look it up, and like the dictionary way of saying it is tour. Like, like they, when they have it spelt out, it's T O O R. Whereas I say two were, like it's two different words. Two were. Yeah, like the Tour de France. And it's supposed, I guess it's supposedly tour. Yeah. I, like I don't think it's that weird that I say it that way, but. No, that's normal. Because I think everybody, I, I've never heard anybody pronounce it any other way than how you and I pronounce it. Yeah, I say I th tour. Yeah, I think of like the Tour de France. I think of the PGA Tour. Yeah, and that, but so that's what it. What's funny is you just said it both ways. You just said it as tour, and you also just said it as tour. <laughs> I even notice a difference. Well, in my defense, one of them is a French thing, Tour de France, and the other one is PGA Tour. That That is true. When you were saying it actually in the French way, you were saying it more in a, um, like, you're saying it the the proper way quote-unquote and then when you're doing it like when it came to an american thing you said tour correct yes 
I was, um, I, for those who listen to the show, you probably know, um, I'm a relatively uh, big fan of the resurgence that is, I guess, what people call emo. I still claim to be more of a punk person, not an emo person. Um, but, uh, the resurgence of it, absolutely love it. Um, loved, uh, Machine Gun Kelly's last album and, um, his concert was great. He is coming out with a brand new album on Friday. Of course, you guys will be gone when it comes out. So I'll have to wait to hear, um, what your guys' response is to it. But I was complaining to Scotty about the fact that his tour, the tickets go on sale for it the day that the album drops. Interesting. Is that weird? Like, to me, that's really weird. I don't even get the chance to listen to the album before I'm buying tickets for the tour. Uh, yeah, I don't. Most artists don't do that. They'll release the album, and then they'll give it another like they'll give it a little bit, and then they'll put out the tour, or they'll do it the opposite way, and then they'll announce the tour like right before the album comes out, type of thing. Like one of my current favorite bands, um, who put out their album, they put out their album right before the tour started, um, and I think they put tickets on sale like right around the same time but they didn't do it right on the same date and then um that's half alive and then another one of my favorite current favorite bands i've been listening to a lot um whose show i'm going to go to who i bought tickets for um coin they just put their tickets on sale last week and their album comes out the same day as Machine Gun Kelly, so I have a predicament on my hands. I, I, I either have to, I have, I do I listen to the Coin album first, or do I listen to the Machine Gun Kelly album first? Most likely on the plane, on the plane ride back is when I'll probably listen to one or the other, or both. You never know. Well, then here is my predicament with it: is it was very hard for me to get machine gun Kelly tickets after they went on sale. And given this time it's in footprint center. So it's going to be an actual venue. It's going to be larger than um, Mesa amphitheater where it was last time. But so what do you do in that situation? The pre-sale tickets go on sale tomorrow and then the album drops on Friday, and that's also when the tickets go on sale for the tour. So, do you? Blame yes, you buy the t- you you buy the tickets as soon as they go on sale. If you're an actual fan of the music and you're excited to see the album, you buy it as soon as you can, one hundred percent. And you get pit tickets because that's that's the best way to see a show. <laughs> so, without a doubt, I buy tickets the day that both drop. Yes. In my opinion, yes. Which, can you imagine a, a pit for Machine Gun Kelly? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I already saw what the pit was like at Mesa Amphitheater. Like, mm-hmm. seeing what that was like there, I've already gotten to witness it. I mean, there it was safe enough that there were, like, 
parents with children on their shoulders, but it was still the, the what you would expect at a Machine Gun Kelly concert, to be honest with you. And I mean, it's very, it's an experience at his concert because it starts off really punk and it ends really punk. But in the middle, he threw in his rap and the entire environment changes. And what's crazy is that his fans know both sides. So like you can see a like dynamic change in the fans themselves in the crowd. It was a journey of a concert. And so I my initial reaction was to just buy tickets without listening to the full album. He's dropped three songs already and there's and two out of the three I really love and one of them I'm like in the middle on um so I'm assuming it's gonna be great it also I wasn't sure off of the thing but it almost looks like it's not just gonna be him like it's going to be a bunch of other people with him too that was another thing that was thrown into all of that it was I was having a whirlwind of a of an experience by looking at this when it was released today because this is and it's like you're buying tickets pretty quickly. The concert is in July. Oh yeah, that's coming up pretty soon. Uh, yeah, it isn't. Uh... Whoa, wait, hold on a second. Time out. The lineup is going to be all three. Wait, that can't be right. Is he really is he touring with both Willow and Avril Lavigne? That or is, is it, what that is how I that is how I saw it as well. That's freaking dope cuz I I missed the chance to see Willow at Life is Beautiful. Um I I feel like she's more up my alley than even Machine Gun Kelly is. Um cuz Machine Gun Kelly is like you said a little bit more punk. Avril Lavigne is too. Um but, like, uh, Willow is punk-ish, but not, like, she's more, like, more in my vibe. More of the alternative punk than than Avril and Machine Gun Kelly are, which would be more my vibe. So I'd, I'd be excited to see her more so than anybody else. Well, that's what, on his actual thing when he released it, every single person that he has as a um, person that's on a track on the album, he put on there as if a... Ch- there's at least like a chance that they will be on the tour with him. Yes. Avril. I just looked at Avril Levine's website. She is listed as showing up at the footprint center on July 11th. So that's the thing is it's not just Mm -hmm. him. Like they, they also have saying that like black bear, Travis Barker and, a bunch of other people will be touring. So that's why I am saying like, this is not like, yeah. So the lineup of guests for different dates on the arena will include Avril Lavigne, Willow, Black Bear, and Travis Barker. Joining him along the way to include Trippy, Red, Ian Dior, Purvis, um, and 44 Phantom. So that's the thing is some of them, they're not going to be at all of them, but they're going to have all of these different people throughout his tour. And so it's like, this is going to be insane. 
Oh, it's going to be, yeah, I feel like it's going to be a great show. So you have my full approval to buy a ticket on my behalf. On on your behalf, like you want to go? Yes, of course. Wow, okay, okay. Richie's in. You've heard it right here, Sporty Nation. Richie is in. Wait, when when is your coin concert again? I'm glad you asked. It's the night before. Or no, I'm sorry, the night after. So, oh my god. Yeah, so we got are, it are super gonna, close. Are you going to do a, a back-to-back? It's going to be like your own little festival. Oh, hell yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. You guys, there's no one more dedicated to the music scene than Richie is. Let's point something out here. I I have a deep love for for like the like the punk emo alternative kind of scene so it's i will go to most of any of those but richie will just go to a concert to enjoy a concert so there is no one that's more dedicated to this i am all right that's it that that's it i'm getting them soon as it drops i'm buying those tickets i don't know how much they cost but i'm i'm getting them Yes, that's the thing about me, and you nailed it too. It's like if you ask me to go to a show, I am going to go about ninety percent of the time, unless it's somebody. Unless it's like the only genre that I will really not go see is either rap or hip hop, and that's about it because it's just not my same crowd. But like any, pretty much anything else, I will. I love live music. I will go if you ask me to go. I don't care who it is. I will go even if I don't really know the artist music that well. And like I did that twice with you already last year. I did. I went to all time low great concert. And I also went to angels and airwaves too. And who's like music. I wasn't too familiar with beforehand. And I enjoyed both of those shows. And I feel like based on your previous commentary, and I believe we talked about on this very program about machine gun Kelly, I couldn't go to the show because I was working that night. Um, so I, I'm all in. I'm all in on this. I think the last time you talked about Machine Gun Kelly, you were like, Richie, you need to go. Next time he comes in town, you need to go. So, yes, I will I will 100% go. I'm sure I will enjoy it. Um, but but uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we would be able to handle the pit for an MGK show quite yet. <laughs> like, it, that's... It, I will say, as someone who was like, on the outside part of it, just like watching, it's more fun to watch the pit because I will say there is, there is a section in there and I'm sure he'll do it again where he goes into his rap and his rap is pretty intense. Like, like of, of a, an energy per se. Um, it's not like, um, when Scotty <laughs> would work, uh, the work at the hospital that was like right outside of like a Slipknot concert. It's not like that level where you know there was people coming in like being shipped into the er afterwards it's not that hardcore but it's still like it still gets a little rowdy in there um and i'm not sure i have that ability but i will watch it (laughs) because i mean that's the thing like i i'm very at least most of the shows i really don't like going to bigger shows so either um either arenas or or stadium shows anymore because it, like depending on where you sit people are going to be 
have a different like way that they enjoy the show, which is like if you to me if you're into a show like you're going to be standing, you're going to be jumping, you're going to be singing along, you're going to be 100% in if you paid to be there. And sometimes if you're not in the right place at either an arena show or a stadium show, that's not necessarily the case. So most of the time I go to shows, I'm usually buying tickets. It's usually st- usually either at a smaller venue that's standing room only or where I want to be like in the pit all the way into a show. That's the best way to enjoy it. <laughs> like, for example, multiple concerts coming up here over the next few months. Um, I have Andy Grammer scheduled in June. Um, there is no pit at that show because he's playing a little bit bigger venue than he has in the past here in Phoenix, which good for him. I'm glad he's doing that. Um, I'm, I think our tickets are like in the sixth or seventh row back. Um, so I'm excited for that show. Uh, then we have Coin, of course. Um, the night, the night after MGK, um, which we bought tickets for the pit for that one, 100% had to be in the pit for coin. Um, and then 21 pilots coming up in September, also back in the pit for that, um, which I will tell you, and I think I brought it up on the the last time we talked about like being in the pit for a pilot show is just like on a whole other level. It's, it's, it's like a experience. Like there's. No other way to experience a pilot show other than being in the pit at a show. Like, it's crazy. It's I can't wait to experience it again. So just keep that in mind. Pit tickets are probably going to be super expensive. Um, well, what but keep it in mind. Floor tickets, what about floor tickets behind the pit? See, that I could, that also, yes. I think the floor also counts, yes. Okay. Cause I, I feel like that would, yes, I feel... I feel like that would be more like our vibe as a group. Yes, right? Like, I feel like that would work better for us. It's, we're, we're too chill of individuals. Yes. For the pit. I feel like I can't manufacture that level of energy. Like, even if I tried. (laughs) So, um, I'm going to get on this and then I'll see if there's anyone else that wants to come with us. They'll have to make their decision very quick, but because uh, I'm going to be on this. I don't even know. I don't know what it takes to get pre-sale, but I might even try and do pre-sale because I, oh, I can. Yeah, you can do it. You go if you go to tickets and more, you can go to pre-sale. And then what will happen is you should be able to sign up for a pre-sale somehow. Or maybe you get an email. Oh, hell, I can't find it on here. What the heck? Ah, you can oh, find it. You can with the code. I found the code. We're okay. We're okay, Richie. Found the code. Okay, cool. Very good. <laughs> See, this is the dedication we have. We've spent all this time on the podcast literally talking about this. Machine Gun Kelly, I hope you know the dedication we have on this. It's the fact that we've spent this much time figuring it out. And it all just happened because... I saw the Instagram post earlier today and I <coughs> was like, I have to go see Machine Gun Kelly again. As, and it's funny because there's some people who are like, he's so weird. Like, why do you like him? It's, if you think about it, the weirdest people put on the greatest shows. And he, he is one of those people. It's just the theatrics are fantastic. Trust me on it. 
two things related to that. Both related to hockey. One, when Machine Gun Kelly was playing at the All-Star Game for the for the NHL, like, I even sent it to you. I was like, what are these people talking about? People were shitting on it. I was like, what? And then I, I think I tweeted out from the Sporty account that, like, you and I were the only people that were excited for it. Yeah, that's what – it was very interesting. It The hockey world does not seem to be his uh, – his fan base, which is very weird to me as someone who is, uh, is in the world of both. It's very strange outside of the fact that hockey is a, a traditionally more um, traditional sport in a lot of ways. And I'm, and people don't think about it that way. They always think that, you know, like baseball per se is like a more traditional sport um, or football in uh american culture but there is a lot of uh traditionalness that's still in hockey i mean the coyotes you saw they were big in the fact that they did what was essentially the first step you know like when companies were first doing the whole work from home thing after covid and they were starting that new trend that was basically what the coyotes did with their dress code and that was big in the NHL. That's not something that people really did. And that was the first step that they were kind of taking. And um, it was kind of listening to what players have wanted and, and changing with the times. But that wasn't something that was um, and still isn't something that is widespread throughout the league. So there is a slow um, progression when it comes to to the NHL and I think it's fan base as well. So that was point number one. Point number two is we were just talking about Willow because she's going to be on the tour there. And she tweeted out uh, last week the following. Verbatim, hockey players are hot as fuck. (laughs) These things are factual. I will say out of I I don't know. We I feel like we have a very highly biased crowd of of hockey fans. But I feel like this needs to almost be a Twitter poll now of which ones have the most attractive like have them which sport has the most attractive athletes. I feel like hockey is is pretty high up there. You see now this is putting me on the spot here cuz I I I'd have to like truly think about it. I mean, and and I mean that on both sides. I also mean that in. I feel like there is a lot of really good-looking female hockey players as well. Can I just say all Swedish athletes are hot? Swedish athletes. You've been spending way too much time with cats. No, that's not true, but it's. I think that's generally acceptable that, that the people of Sweden are very attractive people. People of Sweden are very attractive people. I can, I can agree with that. <laughs> that is, that is I, I would say it's an accurate statement. However, to, your, yeah, to your point, to your point, I mean, Henrik Lundqvist was in the NHL for a decade yeah. plus. Henrik Lundqvist alone. 
holds up the NHL. That man is just like if there was a human personification of like a suit, really nice restaurant, uh, a men's warehouse, you know, anything that is like supposed to be like a business class, that man was was walking that. He was just oozing like nice and fancy everywhere. Yes, I agree with that. The best dressed athlete yeah, maybe I, ever. Pr- probably ever. I I think always attractiveness is very dependent upon like, you know, whatever you think is attractive. But I I would say hockey players do hold a um a certain attractiveness to them. I I don't I I I will say I have a slight bias probably. But I I would say yes, hockey players are probably the most attractive. I'm going to put that on the poll um as soon as we finish recording and we'll get the people to weigh in on on this topic, which which sport has the most attractive attractive uh players. I will both say male, both male and female. We'll go we'll go both ways. I will say I have worked in baseball and hockey. So I have worked in in two of them. And so I have seen athletes up close and personal, which is is different. Believe it or not, it is different than what you see in, you know, their their photo shoots, them on TV in an interview, any of that stuff. Seeing people in person is actually um very different sometimes in in the case of zendano chara scary very scary but um and not in not in a way of like he's like bad looking scary but like man's huge so when you get to really actually see like their actual heights and their actual presence it's very different than seeing them on tv or on the ice or whatever yeah, so be on the lookout for that poll, Sporting Nation. You can go vote on Twitter at uh, Corey underscore Ricky Show and uh, and let us know who who you agree with, me or Corey. Although I didn't really make a pick. I just said Sweden. So maybe I'll put Sweden in the poll. <laughs> just the country of Sweden. Yeah, we'll go like hockey, football, baseball, Sweden. <laughs> then, then that basically is like, Sweden is like Winter Olympics or United States, the Summer Olympics. That's how I feel like it is. It separates it in. <laughs> All of those like really cold countries are like that. The, the always take over the Winter Olympics. That's how I feel like it is. Like there's all the rest of us. And then all of like the, the Swedish and like, you know, all the, the, the Nordic countries and stuff like that. They always take over that one. They are... Um, their own they're their own breed and it's it's very impressive like it it basically uh 
is why those shows like, you know, like the the Vikings and all of that were so so successful, I think, is because that um, that section of the world is just a uh, freakishly attractive. I, I tend to I tend to agree with you on that one, 100 percent. So anyway, uh, now that we've gone 35 minutes talking about God knows what um, still entertaining to me, I'll tell you that much. Don't know if it's entertaining to you guys, but at least it entertains Corey and I, which is about 95% of the reason why we do the show. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and luckily we will have Richie putting in the bottom where we actually start our trade conversation for those of our listeners that just literally want to listen to our trade conversation and nothing else. Which I know everybody's on the edge of their seat to hear, so... Uh, anyway, before we do that, got to tell you about DraftKings. Of course, the NHL season is uh, winding down. There's about a month left in this year. And uh, with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you have your shot to win big, too. If you have not already done so, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now here in the state of Arizona, and you can bet just $1 on any team, and you can get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. If they win, so do you. $150 worth. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN when you sign up. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, that's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 plus restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And, uh, Corey, yeah, you were right. The trade deadline was on Monday, which is why we were recording on Monday instead of Sunday this week. A um, few things to talk about, not too much to talk about. We'll just kind of run through these pretty quickly and get our, our initial thoughts, uh, one of which is the fact that J- Jacob Chikrin didn't go anywhere. He did not get traded, um, which did not shock, I think, either you or me. We've been saying for a while now that it would be a mistake to trade Jacob Chikrin. However, there does seem to be some buzz around the possibility of trading him during the offseason and closer to the draft. We'll see if that picks up any steam later on. I still think it would be a mistake then. I don't care how much you pay. it's uh, It would be ridiculous. So he's sticking around, Corey. Um, so not a shocker to uh, to us there. Can we all just have a celebratory clap right now? I, I mean, this is what we all wanted here. Um, we all shouldn't have been nervous, but I feel like in the back of our head, we were all a little bit nervous, you know, because of the fact that (coughs) we just didn't want something dumb to happen. I do have a fair amount of faith in Armstrong off of what we've seen him doing recently, (coughs) especially with one of these trades in which we'll get to in a little bit here, but there was a part of me that was slightly nervous because as much as we were like, he should not be traded does not mean that anyone listens to us. And in fact, no one in, in the front office listens to us. So that would not have changed shit. We would have just been pissed. So it's at least nice. We can come into all of this and have a peace of mind on that. It is very unfortunate though that we did not see movement of Phil Kessel. That was very disappointing. Yeah, that surprised me. And I was kind of surprised that 
somebody from around the NHL wasn't going to try something, you know, to try and acquire Phil Kessel. Um, he has 39 points in 62 games this year. And I feel like he would have been a nice add to somebody. Um, and for whatever reason, nobody took the bait on a late draft pick. Um, however, uh, it was, of course, reported afterwards that, you know, the after the trade of Johan Larson, um, the Coyotes couldn't retain any couldn't retain any more salary in trades, so that was kind of part of the issue. Is that if Kessel were to be dealt, they were gonna have to hold on to some of that that salary, um, and maybe that was the big sticking point to why things weren't able to get done. But yeah, I think it's kind of weird that he wasn't more of an option for some other teams to put on their bottom six or on their power play, you know, but. It is what it is. He's going to stick around the desert for the year, and it kind of does suck that you know you're not going to get anything out of him because um, he's not coming back, obviously. So uh, yeah, I think that was the biggest surprise to me is that he wasn't traded because I feel like it was something we talked about in the offseason last year. We thought he was going to get traded, he never did. Like, oh, well, he's going to get traded the deadline. Nope, still here, still sticking around. And uh, yeah, that's probably the, that, was the, that was probably the biggest surprise to me. Yeah, and that it just was slightly disappointing in the fact that there's a lot of things that we ex we did and didn't expect to happen. And this was just one that we were hoping would happen because something needed to come out of him as an asset-wise. And now it's just kind of a wash and really is, isn't useful anymore. Um, and so it, in the end, it's just kind of the most disappointing part of this but at the same time if this was the most disappointing part to come out of this trade deadline that's really not that bad um to go into kind of one of the next ones um obviously one of the the big things that came out of that is the fact that uh scott wedgwood is is heading to the dallas stars and it's funny because Scotty and I were talking about it right after um, it came out and and whatnot that, um, you know, that he he was going to be traded. And as much as uh, it's sad to see him go and the fact that he is, is a very good storyline for the Coyotes uh, and everyone was kind of giving um, Armstrong a lot of props in the fact that that they were able to trade him and really get good value out of him because um, they were able to get a 2023 conditional fourth round pick for him. Um, I also give props to Scott Wedgwood for being of that value as well. You know, as someone who was come that was taken off of waivers and then becoming a trade trade deadline uh, conditional fourth round pick worthy is is pretty good on his part. So like, let's give him that credit too. And the fact that he came in on a shitty team and created value for himself and give props to Armstrong too for um, making that deal happen. Yeah, I, I think it was a nice little trade by uh, by by Bill Armstrong there. Like you said, it's it could be a third round pick. 
for a guy they cut off of waivers, which is pretty pretty crazy that they're going to get a, an extra pick there. Um, and the cool thing here is um, Craig Morgan pointed this out in his article today. He said that uh, Wedgwood isn't ruling out a return to come back in free agency, which let's put a pin in that for just a second because I'm going to come back around to that point in, in just a moment because it plays into this larger narrative about the Coyotes that we want to call bullshit on here in just a second. But here's what Scott Wedgwood said. He said, if the situation comes back and I can't go anywhere else, I wouldn't be opposed to talking to them again. I'm not upset with anybody. I love living here. I love the guys. I love the team. They've been good to me. No hard feelings. I just want a chance to play. Like, how cool is it to hear that from a player? And speaking about the Coyotes on the record like that, saying how much he loved it here. Granted, I don't know if he's going to – I don't know. very good. Everyone goes, why would you want to play in Arizona? They're not going to have an arena that – I mean, they they have an interim arena, but they don't have a an actual NHL-sized arena. They're not very good. Why would anyone want to be here? It's fucking Arizona people. And if you are in a situation where you're backup goaltender, where you are going to be able to be on a team that you enjoy, you're going to live in fucking Arizona, uh, yes. Yes, yes. People underestimate the state and, and the Coyotes so often. It is obscene. I'm sorry. I just got very angry and very into that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay, because I was just going to say, like, I don't know if I would expect him to say anything different on the record when he got asked about that, but he could have also played coy and been, and, and been like, well, maybe I can't rule it out. But he went like out of his way to continue to say the good things about living here and being around the guys and the team being good to him. So, um, so yeah, that's a good thing. Which leads me to the next point, which is – one of the players that the Coyotes also acquired via trade is a prospect from Minnesota, um, which did cost them one of their second-round picks, Jack McBain. Now, Jack McBain was a draft pick of the Minnesota Wild several years ago. He had yet to sign his entry-level contract, so he's been playing... Um, He's been playing in college for the time being, and um, he had been on the record refusing to sign with the Minnesota Wild. He was not going to play there. Um, and for Boston College is where Jack, McPlay- Jack McBain plays his college hockey. So he were flat out refused to play for the Minnesota Wild, ladies and gentlemen. Did not want to play there. Did not want to play for a team that's vying for a playoff spot this year. But he is signing a two-year entry-level contract with the Coyotes. So, once again, another bombshell into your narrative about players not wanting to play here. Flat out refusing to play in Minnesota, the state of hockey, but choosing to sign to play for the Coyotes over the next, to finish out this season, and then into 2022-2023 um, and he's a big centerman, six foot three, two hundred pounds. Um, seemingly got some little bit of upside to him. Hasn't put up the crazy amount of points with Boston College this year, but uh, a nice signing and a nice kind of narrative changer again. Which is like, 
fine, you don't want to play in Minnesota, but he chooses to play here. I thought, I thought that was the, the coolest thing about that particular trade, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it, it also just kind of goes to show there's so many narratives out here. You know, it, it's funny because, like, as um, both Richie and I have both really been very um, in, intimate, I guess, with this organization. And so it's, it's hard for us to say, uh, talk about ourselves as, like, talking heads. But no matter what in, in the world of, of media, we're always talking heads. It's We're not in the room. We're not always um, in the situation. And in any of your jobs, can you say what it looks like on the outside is how you feel about the organization on the inside? It's, it's always a different animal entirely. And it's so dependent upon each individual person. And it's also dependent upon generation also as well. And the fact that these new young up and coming guys, they could care less about the situation that the Coyotes are in at the moment. They could care less about, um, you know, where they're playing right now. They may actually find it more enticing that they would be playing in a uh, college arena that's going to have a lot of hype in it and that they would have more of an opportunity to play up at the NHL level because they're, you know, not the greatest team. So they could have a lot more of that experience and being moved up and down and being able to do a lot of those things. I think there's a lot of parts of this that aren't always being looked at in the fact that it's always being just looked at as this is the arena situation and it's never looked at as a whole in so much of this state and, and Richie and I have to deal with it as, you know, as millennials who are just trying to own a house sometime in our life are having to deal with the fact that everyone wants to fucking live here. It's nice to be able to live in Arizona. So as a young kid who is making good money and getting to live in Arizona, it's really not a, uh, a, a terrible idea for a lot of them. So th- there's a lot of factors that I feel like never really get brought into this whole situation. And in the end, this team has a lot of potential and it's going to be a lot of young guys moving up in the ranks. So who wouldn't want to be a part of that? And another one of those players that's uh, going to be moving up the ranks is another player that the Coyotes are acquired from Winnipeg, which is another forward, Nathan Smith, for a 2022 fourth round pick. Um, putting up big numbers for Minnesota State this season. Um, 49 points in 34 games, including 18 goals. Played for Team USA at the Olympics as well, where he put up um, two points in four games for Team USA there. Um, I like this a lot. This guy, this kid is uh, 23 years old, so he's been developing in college for a long time. Um, Former third-round pick by the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Obviously, the Coyotes do have to actually sign him to a contract, which we assume is coming down the pike very soon after he finishes up in the um, NCAA tournament, which he's about to take part in. Um, He plays that game coming up later this week against Harvard. 
Um, here's something because Arizona State played Minnesota State this season, and Greg Powers, your head coach, the Arizona State Sun Devils, had this to say about uh, Nathan Smith. He said, that kid is a stud. He's been a skill guy for a long time and has developed into a 200-foot center who does it all. Wins draws, very responsible, and still has elite ability to make plays. Not many teams in college hockey had an answer for him all year. And then Bill Armstrong went on to say this, we always have a saying that it's easier to tame the tiger than paint stripes on the kitty cat. That's him. He's a hothead at times and gets a little carried away, but he's a physical player. Comes to play every single shift. He's got skills. He can make plays. He can score. We just love the way he plays. And again, that's speaking to something that Bill Armstrong said from the time he was hired as GM, which is like, when you come to play the Coyotes, you're going to play a certain way. You're going to play with a certain identity. And that's a team that you do not want to play against. A team that is going to be um, you know, all in, all the time. And that sounds like what they're going to get with Nathan Smith here, who, again, uh, will likely sign his entry-level contract after he finishes up in the uh, NCAA tournament there. But uh, I like that. I like this move a lot. And um, and and his the way he's progressed and his development is, is great. And, again, adding two centers like this, it's huge because we know how the Coyotes at the center position have been very, very weak for several years. So at, continuing to add that depth and that competition level to that position is huge. And I think that's something that Bill Armstrong has been really good at here um, in his tenure is that they're going to continue to do that too with obviously all these draft picks coming up as well. Well, and I think this is the first time that we're actually getting to see really what the identity that Armstrong wants going forward. So I'm glad that you pointed out the fact of you know, the identity of this team and what they are going to look like. And the fact that he did say um, in a very horrible, if you remember, uh, um, analogy about the the prickliness of cacti and the prickliness of this team. Um, what a terrible throwback. But um, he did initially say that he really wants this team to be, um, you know, a, a larger that he'd, Smith is six foot one and 185 pounds. And he, like you said, he's a little bit of a hothead. So he has a little bit of a grit, a little bit of an edge to him. And it's the first view, I think, personally, from my point of view, it's my first time that I'm getting to see what type of player um, Armstrong is really looking at going forward. Because a lot of things that we've had have been really just question marks up on a board because of the fact that everything has been relying upon trying to get draft picks. And with draft picks, you don't really know who they're going to be looking at. Obviously, there's some people that are straight off the bat that are, you know, really skilled, very talented individuals in a, in a first round that will automatically get chosen no matter what because of the fact that that's where they lie on the draft board. However, when it comes to the others, especially when you have as many second round picks as they have, where what type of players, what are those things that are going to put players above other players in your head? And this is, I feel like, that first step in seeing that in the fact that I really genuinely think he's going to try and find Marshawn-like players who will get under people's skin and will just piss the fuck out of everyone that is on the ice. And this team is end up going to be a team that everyone is going to love 
to hate. That you can put down now, and I will say, you know, four, five years later, if I had to have a prediction of what this team is going to be, it's going to be a uh, a, a kind of Boston Bruins pissing you off type of contest and the fact that they are going to just make everyone hate them. I I would kind of love that, to be honest. I would love to for the Coyotes to be the villain of the NHL. If it means that they're winning more and they're pissing everybody off, I love that. I just I it it's the way from the way he really makes it seem is there's going to be a lot of skill that he is going to be looking for. Obviously, it's it's as we've always said the way that the NHL is going. But a lot of the things he's alluded to is going to be it you know a decent amount of size and grit, and they're just gonna kind of I think be a little bit of punks but not to the point where they're mental cases. The, I think he's trying to find that really good balance in the fact that um, I in that quote that you were reading, he was kind of saying that he's a hothead. They know about th- that about him, but they know that they can work on that. So, you know, where, where can you kind of rein it in? Because obviously you don't want a player also that is – so often in the penalty box, but that you never actually get to um, really have value in him on the ice. So you need to find that nice balance. But I think there's a lot of years that people were tired of the Coyotes looking like punching bags out on the ice. And Connor Garland was the first we saw of recent time where someone that didn't have as much value once they had got that grit and they got that spirit in them, created immense amount of value for them. And I think he really wants to make an entire team of just players that can have that level of grit and drive and um, and just relentlessness that is where this team is going to be going in the future. And, I mean, you can quote me on it. That is where I predict this is going. Yep, and uh, we'll get a better handle of that coming up here in in several months to draft to see how the kind of players Bill Armstrong decides to draft there in those first couple of rounds and the team he's going to build. So it wouldn't uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least. One last bit of news, of course, Karel Vimelka going to be around for a couple more seasons. He signed a three-year contract extension on Monday. So uh, one of the best stories for the Coyotes this year is sticking around a little bit longer. And uh, whether that is as the starter or the backup, who knows at this point, but uh, I think that's a nice little signing for the Coyotes um, and uh, a guy that they can kind of develop in their system over the next several years. So something you like to see and a nice little signing by the Coyotes, I do believe. Yeah, you love to see it. Honestly, it's uh, it's it's a great signing there, and you know, just this team is going to be moving forward in its own right. And obviously, we're not through the darkest of times. Uh, 
for a little while, but it's nice to see the brighter aspects staying <coughs> and being able to enjoy at least somewhat competitive hockey going forward. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've been talking for an hour and we've ran the gamut from talking about tours to Machine Gun Kelly to bachelor parties to hockey to the Batman, plenty of stuff in this episode, jam-packed episode of the show today. Always a good thing. Do you have anything final to say before we say goodbye? No, except for thank you to the Sport Nation for uh, sitting through all that with us. I think that may have been a brain dump for my day-to-day. Just like a mental brain dump was this episode. Hey, that's totally okay, because that's how I view this ep- these shows anyway, is the fact that people actually listen to us, to us is crazy, because at this point, like, it's, you, this is, this podcast is literally just you and I talking as best friends, and we just put it on the internet and hope people listen, so. So we, we value the fact that everyone that listens to us has to be at least a little bit as insane as we are. <laughs> yes yes and if you're going if you're going to attend the mgk show let us know come say hi we'll be there up 100 because uh cory's gonna buy the tickets for us now you do have the the pre-sale code right is that correct i do i found it okay 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 don't reveal it on the show in case we're trying to compete for tickets with people yes i know that's why i'm not revealing it they'll probably go find it themselves (laughs) <laughs> but I am not going to reveal it. I don't. If, if you're really interested, DM me on Twitter. I'll let, I'll let you know. But I don't. I don't want to be competing with too many people because I'm going to be competing with a lot of people as it is. Yeah. So l- luckily, <coughs> his last show in Mesa, the what the capacity was what three thirty five hundred four thousand people probably somewhere around there. Uh, yeah, it was about 3,000 people. It felt like there was a lot more in there, though. I was I was like, hmm, where's, where, where's the fire department? Because I feel like we are past a fire code. When I was leaving that place, I was like, this shit feels a little bit more packed. But, and, and I don't know, you know, like it, it wasn't enough of a space, but it, I think it was like, 3,000 is like the maximum in there or something yeah. like that. It has a maximum capacity of 4,900 people. Oh, okay. It had a higher capacity than I thought. So he's going from 5,000 all the way up to almost 20. Yeah, that will be much easier than last time. Last time, mm-hmm. once those tickets went, it was very hard to get the new ones. I don't know how he's going to deal with it. He likes running into the crowd. I don't know how he's going to like deal with that in an actual arena, but you know, maybe he'll probably find a way. I don't, I do not doubt it. I do not doubt it. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, everybody. We appreciate it. Um, we will talk to you again very soon, probably next week, next week. Cause again, uh, I'm going to be gone. <laughs> Uh, this weekend, Scotty's going to be gone this weekend at the ba- at the bachelor party. So, oh, maybe you and Kat can do an episode together, huh? Oh, I I will. I'll hit up Katarina. Maybe we can go on a nice goalie talk. She has a lot of pent up uh, issues. She went to a a lacrosse. What are they? A lacrosse match? A lacrosse 
game, whatever. Lacrosse game, yeah. And um, uh, had to look at lacrosse goaltender pads. And um, she just, I think, had nightmares for like three days after that. So I think she's got a lot of pent up um, goaltender talk that she needs to let out. So I'll, I'll reach out to her. Maybe we can we can get a nice Katharina appearance. I don't know. I feel like it's been a while. So oh, long overdue. Long overdue. All right. Uh, for the fourth time as we try to wrap up the show, I promise. I mean, we could go for another hour and just keep recording. Corey and I can absolutely do that. Uh, good night and good hockey, everybody.